Yes, praise the Lord. Today is Thanksgiving. And honestly speaking, the government is, is kind of at fault for this one because the government is the one that instituted the Thanksgiving, from what I know, like a specific holiday for Thanksgiving. But for us Christians, it should be every day. Should it not? It's every day. We got to be thankful and thank you, thank you, thank you every day. I know it was a good idea, whoever triggered the government to do it, or, you know, it was probably a Christian thinker behind it, but somehow the government thought this was a good idea to separate one day and call it Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, as you all know, it ended up being because of a turkey. That's a whole other story, and I don't want to go into that story. But we know it's not about the turkey. Even if there is a turkey probably brewing somewhere in, uh, in your house today. Um, we want to be thankful to the Lord from the deepest of our hearts for the things he has done. Amen? Because that's what the text says in Psalm 95, especially verse 2. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. This is the time. And every day is a time to be thankful. Yes, Lord, we thank you. And we pray, Lord, as we, as we try to connect with you in a closer, more meaningful, more intense way. In these next couple of, one could say, hours... Days, weeks, months, and years ahead, whatever, we, whatever time, Lord, we got left. We want to connect with you, Lord. We want to connect with you personally. We want to connect with your word. We want to connect with your Holy Spirit. We want to connect with each other. We want to connect with the outside world. And it is time, more than time, to connect. Truly connect. So, Lord, we pray this morning. As we think about connecting with the word, we pray, Lord, that your presence would be touching our lives. And we would be deeply connected. By the time we leave this place this morning, we would be deeply connected with you, Lord. Thank you so very much. Amen. Now, last Sunday, we had uh, our uh, good... Uh, Pastor Sam, where's Sam? Oh, right there. Okay, yeah, you're there. Okay, I saw you here up here. Okay. He talked about the connecting with the Word, and he even brought the idea of connecting with Jesus, who is the Word. And we read that in Saul. I mean, sorry, in uh, John chapter one, it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God." And the Word was God. And He was with God in the beginning. So, you know, there's an intertwine between Jesus Christ and the Word. All of a sudden, it becomes one thing. For someone, Jesus Himself identifies Himself as the Word. He is the Word. So much so that we have that very text in verse 14. The Word became flesh, and He made His dwelling among us 
And we have seen his glory. See, the word became flesh. And he came to tell us something, by the way. Next, uh, verse 9 here says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, and he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the word, the world did not recognize him. Nothing new here. We see that today. The world does not recognize the word. Recognizes CNN, recognizes SMBC or whatever, or CBC, or recognizes the president or the prime minister or the, the, the neighbor or what somebody said. But for some reason, there's a hard time to recognize the word. The one single word that came to us. <clears throat> so and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. But he came, verse 11, he came that, to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And now it talks, it talks about you now. Pay attention to this. Listen to this. Yet... To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, you and me, amen? Are you still a believer? Amen. Praise the Lord. For all those who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now that's your new status, children of God. By the way, it should also rec make us recognize that if we are the children of God, there is a Father, Father God, who is in charge of everything. We are His kids. We can call Him Daddy, by the way. Hi, Daddy. How are you doing? I know He's doing fine. He is very much interested in knowing how we are doing, though. You can call God Daddy. Jesus called Him Daddy. We are free to call him as our father, our daddy. Now, having said all that, I want to talk really about what I want to talk about here. And that's in John 15. If you and I recognize that we are in him, that he has spoken the word, that he is the word, Here's what he says in chapter 15 of the same book, the book of John. He says, I am the true wine. And my father and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. You don't want to be in that type of group. You do not want to be in a group where all of a sudden you will be cut off. If you are in him and you are not producing no fruit, you will be chopped off. That's the bad news of today. And I guess that's how far as I'm going to go here today. But you will be cut off if you somehow do not produce fruit. Now, 
every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Now, if you are a branch, you are on him or in him, connected to him, tied to him, bound with him, you might sense in your flesh, in your life, some cuts, some trimming. Make it nicer. You have a tree at your house, in your garden. I know uh, uh, Ann Carter, she has lots of trees and lots of things in her garden. And all of a sudden, once in a while, she loves those, those flowers. But guess what? Once in a while, she comes there with a Caesar. And she comes there and she starts cutting. What this plant has been thinking? What, what this plant might be thinking? She's cutting me off. It's hurting. I have a nice branch here, but it's being chopped off. Now she's thinking, this one day, and we'll have a beautiful set of flowers right there because she trimmed. That's what the Lord does. I am the true wine, and my father as the gardener. He cuts off every branch that does not bear in me that does not bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will even be more fruitful. Verse three. You are, he's talking about you and me again, you are already clean because of the word. Now, this is something we have to think about. The Lord is offering a cleansing to you. How is the cleansing? How does the cleansing in your life happen? Well, it happens through the word that you are all of a sudden get connected to. You read scripture, you read the things that he has said, and you all of a sudden, oops, mm, I think I'm not right. I'm stepping a little aside. I'm not exactly where I'm supposed to be. I need to be coming back to the word. And by coming back to the word is the process that you are being washed, cleaned, cleansed, purified, sanctified, Prepared to bigger things, better things, more fruit. That's what the Lord does. So he does. The Bible says you are already clean because of the word. And if you are not connected to the word, you cannot be really clean. One could say, well, but I'm still saved, am I not? I'm still saved. The blood of Christ has cleansed me. Yes. Will you go to heaven? Yes. But guess what? If you go afar or apart from the word, you stay away from the word. You think you don't need the word. You did that one magic prayer one day, and then you received the Lord in your heart. You think, okay, well, you think you're good? Well, you know, I don't want to be responsible for you. I know I need to be responsible for myself. But if you want to... If you want to experience the fruit and the closeness and the intimacy with the Father, you come closer to the Word. You get closer. You read it more. You connect. You connect to the Scripture. You connect to the Word, to Jesus Himself. You get closer. You learn more. You are pruned. You are prepared. You are safe. Or you are uh, being cleansed and purified to bring more fruit. 
So you are already clean because of the word and I have, that I have spoken to you. Now he says this. Remain in me. is basically saying, remain in the word. Connect to the word. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch. And let's say you are a branch. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Which is, Christian people have tried to do that. They have tried to be good Christians. They have tried to do a lot of good things for him. And I read something today that actually shocked me. You know, I got some, uh, a bunch of devotionals every day. One comes from John Piper. I, I like him. He's, he's, he's kind of, you know, quite a, a good, a good, he explains things and sometimes so deep that I, quite, I barely understand it. But he says that somehow we belittle God when we serve him. Think about this again. We might be belittling God because we serve him. If we serve him on our own, thinking that he needs help, he does not need our help. Thank you very much. He is doing very well on his own. Do we understand this? Whenever we serve, whatever we do, whatever we say, we have to understand that we do this for his glory. We are the ones that need him. By us trying to help God, even by us trying to put money in the bank, or money at the, at the, uh, on our offering, we should not understand that we are trying to help God. He does not need our help. We need him. So by us serving him, it should be for his glory. Never for our own glory. But let's think about that. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you do not, and if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if, here's what it says, verse 7 from, first, from John chapter 1. If, oh, sorry, 15. If you remain in me and in my words, by the way, this is, not a, this is an iPad, but I want you to understand that I have the Bible in here, okay? So it's not my, I'm, I'm doing Facebook or stuff in here, okay? So it's just a, a simple way to have a, a Bible right on here, you know, all versions and everything. So it says here, if you remain in me, in me and in my words, remain in you, now you have some advantage. Ask whatever you want or whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is how far the Lord wants or goes. If you remain in me, if you are connected to my heart, connected to my word, connected to what I have said, obey, put in your heart the obedience to him, you can ask whatever. 
Hey, Lord, I got a bunch of things here. I have a list of things that I really need. I have a situation at home. I have a situation with my work. I have a situation with my finances. I have a situation with my healthy, with my body that's not healthy. I have all kinds of things. If you remain in me, eh, not me saying, and you and in me and in my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And it goes on, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. All of a sudden, we run away with different loves. All of a sudden, we have other things that we love. We have even smaller things, peanuts, that we decide to love instead of loving him. We love our job so much. We love our wife or our family so much. We love the money I have so much. My house that I have, I love so much. So somehow, all of a sudden, we have other things that we love. And that's why he put that in here. It says here, if you keep my command, sorry. As the Father has loved me, so I so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Verse 10. And if you keep my commands. Here again is the word. If you keep my commands. You will remain in my love. All of a sudden. If you keep. If you read. If you think about it. If you meditate on the word. If you look at it. And if you read and try to understand. And, comp- and even uh, open it up to other people. Share it. Well, if you keep my commands, guess what you will be doing basically automatically? You will keep in my love. You and I, you will still, you will be in love. That's what the Lord wants. And if you love him and if you are in he, don't you worry about the fact that he doesn't love you. That's already a given. He already loves you the way you are. And he's going to be loving you more. And when he prunes you, don't you think that he is punishing you? He is just loving you. He is disciplining you. He is showing his love for you. But if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Remember as he was here for 33 years. He was only interested in absolutely obeying what his father had told him to do. He, and to say what his father had told him to say. That's it. He could run away with his own plans. The devil offered it to him. But he said, no, 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 no. I'm here to obey my father's commands. To do what my father told me to do. When what my father told me to say. That's it. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. And I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. This is the other thing. First of all, he asks you, he's saying, you take whatever, you ask whatever you want, whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. And then he's all of a sudden saying, and guess what? I want you to experience the joy that I have for my father. 
in my Father. The joy that I have in my heart. You have no idea how joyful I am. In fact, I am joyful. This is Jesus saying, I am on, I'm joyful for you. Because what I'm up there to prepare for you, you have no idea. So he's jumping this high, celebrating, rejoicing. He has joy. Now, I want you. Now, that's me speaking now. I want you to be joyful too. All of us. Is there joy in your heart? Is there joy to be found? I know crisis is big. All kinds of things happening. You know, bad news. Joel, you know, he picks on me all the time. When I turn on the news, he leaves the room. Dad, if you want to watch bad news, you go right ahead. Because that's not, I'm, not, I'm not in it. I'm trying to explain to him it's important to know what's actually happening. But I guess, you know, what can I say? Hey, Joel? Well, that's something between us now. That's all right. It's awesome for all those who are here and those who are listening in online here today. It's all good. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete through joy. My command. This is a command. And command is all about the word. It's his word. Verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. This is an old-fashioned verse. People don't talk much about it anymore. Now, you are supposed to love the one that is sitting beside you. Is that a hard thing to do? Oh, yes, certain. But the Lord is asking us to love each other. And not just the ones that are sitting beside you, but everybody is in, their, in this room here supposed to love each other. We're going to talk about uh, the, the, the next part of this series on time to connect. We're going to be talking about how to connect with each other. And the whole small group thing is going to uh, fit into that. Anyway. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. That's what Jesus did for you. He loved you. You are my friends. And this is 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Basically, all the things that he learned from his father, he came and shared it with us. That's what he came to do. Share his secrets with his father, with you and me. It goes beyond being a servant and a boss. All of a sudden, he calls us to be children, even brothers with Christ. The secrets of the family is being shared with you and me. The secrets with God's family. All of a sudden, hey, you are part now. You're being brought up from whatever servant or whatever. No, no, I don't, don't want to call you servants, he said. I want to call you friends. And because we are connected, we are friends, I will let you know the things that we are planning. 
the projects that we have as family. Some amazing stuff is coming. That's where you have been brought up. From that level to become children of God. Now, could it be that because of so many voices speaking around us, quite loud, by the way, that we have maybe disconnected with the true voice. The true voice that is there all the time. The true word that was spoken out of heaven to touch us. Leads me to point number one. And I don't want to go all through the old points I have there in the bulletin, as you know. I want to share, however, the aspects of the word. First of all, it is a divine word. Put that down. The word of God is a divine word. We read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it, as it, it, as, as it actually is, the word of God which is indeed at work in you who believe. So the first thing, this word of God is of God. It's not a neighbor's word, the government's word, the Queen of England's word, Trump's word. This is the word of God. It's a divine word. So the first aspect, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says this, All scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. By the way, if you are not in the word, you cannot do good work. You might be able to do some good work that is considered by the world as doing good things. Ain't good enough. You only can do true good word, good works, if you are connected to the word. So, first of all, the word of God is divine, not of man. Number two. The word is an eternal word. 1 Peter 1.25 But the word of the Lord endures forever. Once it has been spoken back in the day, it's a given. This is the word unchangeable. And it lasts forever. This word, the Bible, and as you already know and learned this morning, Jesus, who is the Word, endures forever. The author of the Bible is God. Thirty times in the Bible, God is referred to as the living God. The living God. And His world, or His Word, is 
alive, not dead. 2 Timothy 2.15, we talk, talks about the Bible is the word of truth, which, by the way, leads me to the next point here. It is a true word. There are words out there that are not really true. There are things spoken around on TV, you know, coffee shops, Tim Hortons, places, tables. There are a bunch of words being spoken. They are not true. But the word of God is a true word. True. Think about the truth. You want to find about the truth? They ultimate, final, definite truth, the Word of God. There you have it. You won't find any other word that is as true as the Word of God. It is the truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. Ephesians 1.13 talks about it. In Him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. The message of truth is the gospel. So it is divine, it is eternal, it is the truth, and it is strong. The word of God is strong. Hebrews 2.12 For the word of God is alive and active. And it is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to divine, to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. Jeremiah 23, 29 says this. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? That's what the word is. It is strong. It is eternal. It is divine. And it is the truth. And we're going to leave it at that for today. But I want to encourage all of us. As we enter the season of thanksgiving. Start thanking the Lord for the word. And as the group comes up here, I want to uh, have us reflect about the impressive work that the Lord has done for us by giving His Word. And He wants us to not waste time in listening to the other voices that are out there, but listening to the voice. The truth, the only truth, the Word of God. Lord, we know it's time to connect to your Word more than ever before. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to connect with the Word, to connect with you, because you are the Word. The spoken word. Everything that you have heard from the Father, you came down and revealed it to us. And you called us to be children. 
So thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this precious word called the Bible. But also thank you for you who is the word. You are the word. And the good news are tremendous, shocking, fantastic, beautiful, eternal, life-changing. Thank you, Lord. Help us to connect with the Word. In Jesus' precious name. The people of God say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's worship the Lord.